Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 499 for August 1 through 15, 2019. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with a forecast and regularly include other special features. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. To get to a specific part of the show, including the forecast for a particular date, check out the index at the very end of this MP3. You can also see the index in writing at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. We have a super long, super juicy show for you. We're going to start, as always, with the forecast. And then we're going to have some super interesting announcements. I'm announcing a couple of new, brand new things you might be interested in. And then we're going to get into an interactive listener consultation. This runs just over an hour. And it's really interesting because we're talking with a gentleman who is really confused about his career direction. And the natal chart itself actually is kind of vague on that point. I do the best I can interpreting that, but there's lots of possibilities. And it actually isn't until we get to the secondary progressions that the current career focus becomes clear. It's not like anything I've ever really done on the show to have the secondary progressions reveal the secret to the natal chart. So that'll be really cool. And uh, if you want to learn some deep astrology, particularly focusing on a specific topic like career, then I think you'll find this super interesting. So join me in Grant for that. So enough preamble. Let's get on to the forecast. Jupiter turns direct and Uranus turns retrograde in the first half of August. We also have an Aquarius full moon loaded with relationship aspects, the Sun and Venus aspecting almost every slow planet in the sky, and two new aspect patterns. What's old as we come into August, we've got a waxing moon and five retrograde planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, Neptune, and Chiron. We also have several aspect patterns winding down. So let's now move on to our individual days of the forecast. As always, under our new system, rather than giving every single thing that's happening, I'm only giving the most important things that are happening in the sky. If you want the complete forecast with all the little stuff too, go to astroshaman.com and scroll to the very bottom of the homepage and you'll see in the footer there the most recent forecast. On Friday, August 2nd, intuitive flashes can pop in more frequently with Venus square Uranus. Venus 7 Leo, Uranus 7 Taurus. These sudden insights might focus on relationship, money, and creativity, as well as leadership and entertainment. On Wednesday, August 7th, have you stepped out as a leader or entertainer? If so, you can enjoy balanced growth from two aspects, a Sun-Jupiter trine, Sun-15 Leo, Jupiter-15 Sagittarius, and a Sun-Saturn quincunx, Sun-15 Leo, Saturn-15 Capricorn. The Sun's harmonious aspect to Jupiter offers luck, expansion, and joy. Saturn provides appropriate restraint and boundaries, and encourages adjustment where needed. On Thursday, August 8th, the two luckiest planets in ancient astrology make a harmonious aspect today. Venus, the lesser benefic, trines Jupiter, the greater benefic, at 15 degrees Leo Sagittarius. Again, Venus is 15 Leo, Jupiter is 15 Sagittarius. 
This aspect provides an easier flow of good fortune. It also provides smooth support for creativity, especially the performing arts. This trine can also add a sunny sparkle to your relationships. On Friday, August 9th, learning and communication are amped up by a Mercury-Jupiter-Neptune Thor's hammer. It starts today on August 9th, peaks on the 12th, and ends on the 15th. With Mercury transitioning from Cancer to Leo during this aspect pattern, the information you share can be heartfelt and entertaining. Sagittarian Jupiter allows you to share meaningful wisdom. Finally, Piscean Neptune enhances your divine inspiration and helps you operate in flow state. On Saturday, August 10th, creativity, especially the performing arts, gets special support from a finger of God that starts today. The Sun and Venus are at the tip in Leo, while inspiring Neptune and powerful Pluto hold down the back end. This aspect pattern, formerly known as a Yod, Y-O-D, encourages helpful adjustments. While creativity gets the most obvious boost from this aspect pattern, it also supports helpful transformation in relationships, finances, and leadership. On Sunday, August 11th, two slower planets station, change direction, today, Jupiter and Uranus. We'll start with Jupiter. Jupiter turns direct today, August 11th, at 9.37 a.m. That's at 14 degrees, 30 minutes Sagittarius. Jupiter turned retrograde four months ago on April 10th. That was around 24 degrees Sagittarius. As I said in my April 10th forecast, Jupiter retrograde is a great time to reflect on religion, philosophy, and the meaning of life. Are you satisfied with your current quest in life, or would it serve you to embark on a new one? Are you soaking in life-enhancing wisdom or sharing your helpful insights with others? Do you feel called to explore foreign lands or enrich your life with the wisdom of other cultures? And are you making enough time for joy and celebration in your life? What insights did you gain on these topics while Jupiter was retrograde? Now that he's direct, where would it serve you to start taking action? Also, on Sunday, August 11th, Uranus turns retrograde at 10.27 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. He backpedals for five months, starting at 7 degrees Taurus. Then he turns direct again on January 10th at 3 degrees Taurus. Planets are especially powerful when they station or change directions. As Uranus turns retrograde, take note of any sensitive points in your natal chart between 3 and 10 degrees in the fixed signs. Those are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. These will be powerfully affected by this retrograde. Affected how? Like all transiting planets, Uranus works first and foremost for your higher self. If it finds something that aligns with your soul purpose, it can give it a quantum leap to the next level of wonderful. If something's out of alignment, then Uranus may inject some chaos and craziness, not to be cruel, but to show where you'd be wise to paradigm shift or release. Uranus retrograde is also an excellent time to reflect on this quirky planet's highest expressions. Have you embraced what's unique about yourself, and are you showing that to the world to the greatest extent that serves highest good? Are you following your intuitive flashes, those text messages from God, that are actually your most infallible guidance? And are you serving others using your special talents that you most love to use? The more you follow these life-affirming Uranus strategies, the more wonderful your experience of this outside-the-box planet will be. On Wednesday, August 14th, it only takes six minutes for today's three interwoven aspects to line up. 
We start with a Sun-Venus conjunction at 2.07 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's at 21 degrees Leo. Uh, to be precise, 21 degrees 11 minutes. Like several other August aspects, this supports you in the performing arts and other creative expressions. This conjunction can also put your important relationships in the spotlight. Is either of you operating from lower Leo? This feels a gaping hole within itself and seeks attention in a vain attempt to fill it. Or are you experiencing higher Leo, awake enough to be saturated with your own divine source and only seeking the spotlight to bless others with your overflow? Today's other two aspects fire off within nine seconds of each other. A Venus-Pluto quincunx lines up at 2.07 and 45 seconds, that's a.m., also Eastern Daylight Time, while a Sun-Pluto quincunx clocks in at 2.07 and 54 seconds. These quincunxes can catalyze potent transformation in you, your creativity, and your relationships. Pluto can also pour down wealth, which is anything you value, and power. Observe the power dynamics in your key relationships. Is there a lot of domination, control, and manipulation? Self-serving power over strategies? Or are you standing comfortably in your own power and helping your partner step more fully into theirs, the loving power with approach? On Thursday, August 15th, freak flags are freely flying during the August full moon at 8.29 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's at 22 degrees, 24 minutes Aquarius. Any Aquarius full moon is great for any release or adjustment that supports your authentic individual expression. This lunation also encourages modifications that can help you receive and act on your intuitive flashes. What change would help you serve others using the special talents you most love to use? These are the main life-affirming attributes of Aquarius, but if not sufficiently expressed, all that Aquarius energy may have nowhere left to go but its low side, challenging stimulation of your nervous system. Are you feeling jittery, jangly, agitated, nervous, or crazy? Then give this Aquarius full moon something better to do by cultivating the high side expressions above. This full moon's aspects are dominated by a powerful T-square. The moon and Vesta each occupy their own corner, but the sun is part of a quadruple stellium in Leo that also includes Venus, Juno, and Mars. And by the way, to see this visually, just go to astroshaman.com. As I said before, just go to the very bottom where the forecast uh, graphics are and just click this forecast and you'll be able to get in there and see the chart of what I'm talking about. These last three planets, Venus, Juno, and Mars, make relationship a major theme of this full moon. Venus naturally represents relationship, and Mars is her masculine counterpart, and the asteroid goddess Juno represents committed partnership. What adjustment or release would be appropriate in your key relationships? Is it time to evict a certain person from your life completely, or would it be enough to minimize contact? Is there a chance that the relationship can be healed? If so, consider using the four-part nonviolent communication process with each other, and my free healing invocation to heal the pain within yourself. To learn about that first thing, just Google this phrase, four-part nonviolent communication process. It should come right up. And the healing invocation is on astroshaman.com. Uh, on the header at the top of the page, the very last word on the right is invocations. Click that, and the second post on the page you'll come to describes the healing invocation that I offer for free. Adjustment can also be joyous. If a relationship serves highest good and is doing well, you can introduce helpful changes to make it even better. 
All these Leo planets also support leadership and performing, as well as playfulness, appropriate risk, and chill time. Are there adjustments that would serve you in these areas? Adding Vesta leads us to an interpretation that incorporates every planet in the T-square. Here goes. You can use the power of your relationships, Venus, including committed partnership, Juno, as well as your creativity, Venus, to make appropriate adjustments, full moon. These can help you express yourself more authentically, Aquarius, in service to a higher cause, Vesta. The full moon also makes two standalone aspects. A semi-square to Chiron could bring up some shadow work, even as it supports your work as a healer or mentor. And a trine to Pallas Athena can smooth the way for negotiation, strategy, and feminine assertiveness. This full moon Sabian symbol is a big trained bear sitting down and waving all its paws. At first, this may look like innocent fun, but there are darker undertones. What if the bear gets no pleasure from waving its paws, but only does so because of coercive training? What if it gets punished if it doesn't perform its tricks well enough? As noted above, this full moon has a strong relationship theme, like this trained bear. Are there areas in your life where you put on a contrived act designed to please someone else? All of the bear's paws are in the air. Has your people-pleasing behavior compromised your grounding? If you're going to perform tricks, can you do them because you really want to and in a spirit of genuine playfulness so that everyone's having fun? Looking ahead to our next show for the second half of August, we're going to have the sun entering Virgo, a Virgo new moon, a Venus-Mars conjunction. That's great for relationship and creativity. And we have several aspect patterns that kick off late in August and go mostly through September. And these involve outer planets and all four non-lunar personal planets. We're going to have some T-squares involving these, some mystic rectangles involving these. It's a very unusual thing to have a pattern where literally all four non-lunar planets are moving through the same point of the aspect pattern. And collectively, these patterns are going to be great for spiritual awakening, inspired creativity, law of attraction work, and more. So I'll be here to fill you in on all those nuances next time. I hope you'll join me on the next edition of This Week in Astrology. Whatever your sun sign, my forecast can help you make the best use of the current astrological energies. All dates and times are in the U.S. Eastern time zone. Events are most powerful on the dates listed, but their influence will be active for at least a week before and after. Everyone's affected by these global transits. However, you'll be most powerfully impacted when moving planets activate sensitive points in your natal chart. Discover how these transits will personally affect you by booking a session with me. You can learn more about my Astrology Plus sessions. Go to astroshaman.com. On the menu, look for services. And from the pull-down, choose Astrology Plus. You can hear my forecast on This Week in Astrology. But would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it conveniently pop into your inbox? And while we're at it, how about occasional bonus articles on astrology, along with simple, powerful healing and awakening techniques? That's what you get with AstroShaman's free email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form at the top of the sidebar. And if you like calculating your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? AstroShaman is an authorized dealer for SolarFire Gold, which also runs on Macs running Windows and recent Windows tablets. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose SolarFire Software from the drop-down menu. 
a free forecast newsletter, and the best available price on Solar Fire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. Welcome to the announcements section. We have a lot of people who have sent charts in in the last few weeks. So thank you to Caitlin, Ivana, Ariane, Carrie, Jane, Stasia, Cynthia, Haley, Susan, Jacob, Kenya, Karen, Laura, Jenny, and Britt. All of your charts are now in the hopper for the free reading drawing, which we'll be announcing a little later in this podcast. We do that on the first show of every month. And of course, your charts are now also eligible to be chosen for our part one listener charts when we do those. So thanks so much. So which of the following three categories best describes you? Do you already know the basics of astrology, planets, signs, houses, and aspects, but struggle to put them together into a meaningful natal interpretation? Or do you have a good understanding of the natal chart, but haven't yet mastered movement systems like transits, secondary progressions, and solar arcs? Or perhaps you can do all that, but want to increase your expertise or want to make more money from your professional astrology practice. Whichever of these three categories describes you, there's a place waiting for you in my new online astrology mentoring group. Basic membership will let you participate in live weekly Q&A webcasts with me, along with other members near your skill level. You'll get access to a constantly growing archive of MP3s and videos, which you can use to deepen your astrological expertise at your own pace. This includes the weekly live calls, so if you miss a session, you can always catch the replay at your convenience. And you'll be able to connect with other members who share your passion for astrology, not on some Facebook group with a million distractions, but in a special members-only platform where it's all astrology all the time. Premium memberships will also be available, which give you one-on-one mentoring time with me. This special astrology mentoring membership is not live yet, but you can join the waiting list now. Just email me, info at astroshaman.com, and in the subject line put mentoring group. No risk or obligation. I'll make sure you're in the skill level that fits you best, and we'll let you know as soon as the doors are open for your category. Then you can choose whether or not to jump in. If there's even a chance you might want to join us and take your astrology skills to the next level, pop me an email now. Again, that's info at astroshaman.com with the words mentoring group in the subject line. I'll be excited to hear from you. Are you caught up in obligations or relationships that are not fulfilling? Do you sometimes just go through the motions? Would you like to know the secrets of how some people can feel consistent joy and happiness every single day of their lives? Let me introduce Erin Haliki, who pondered this question two years ago after her startup failed to launch. She was crushed, hated the thought of returning to a corporate career, and had no idea what to do next. She realized her whole life and career had been about doing and achieving success, but she had never understood her being. In her journey to discover a truly fulfilling and joyful life, one thing became clear. Quick fixes and superficial methods do not last. Now it's Erin's passion to help others experience genuine happiness every day. It's never too late to be happy, and it's closer than you think. I invite you to join me and over 20 other experts in Erin's free online series. It's called Finding Happiness. Discover what happiness means to you, how to find it, and make it part of your daily life. The information in this series is life-transforming. You'll discover proven tools and techniques that can make a lasting difference in your life. It can help you start feeling happier right away. This is a wonderful opportunity to change your life for the better by stepping into the power of happiness. You can learn more by going to astroshaman.com on the homepage. Just scroll down a few panels and you'll see the latest blog posts and you'll see uh, 
that image of me and her together in circles and just click on that and you can uh, click in there and get signed up for those absolutely free things. All those amazing interviews and, and energetic processes are completely free. So check it out. I want to announce our winner of the free session for this month, August. The winner is Hannah, and this is the Hannah born on February 12, 1985 in Canada. And I imagine there's only one who fits that description. So if that's you, Hannah, just pop me an email, info at astroshaman.com, and we'll get you set up with your free reading. Uh, next up, we're going to have a interactive listener consultation. And I'll just tell you now, if you'd like to be considered for one of these, then it needs to be about a specific issue that's important in your life right now, such as soul purpose, relationship, career, spirituality, or your talents and abilities. Email your question along with your date, time, and city of birth to info at astroshaman.com. And we'll have that uh, interactive listener consultation coming up here in just a moment. Welcome to our interactive listener consultation. I'm super pleased today to have Grant live with me. Grant, welcome to This Week in Astrology. Hello, thank you. Oh, my pleasure to have you, brother. All right, so um, what we're doing today is looking at your chart, and I believe you had a, a specific question you wanted to address. So what is that? Yeah, I'm in uh, Saturn Return is currently happening, or maybe just ended, and I'm kind of curious about the career. I kind of feel like I've been jumping, you know, from lily pad to lily pad, trying to figure out, you know, where is my direction, what are my values, um, you know, kind of what's my purpose in life mm -hmm. uh, in regards to career. Okay, beautiful. Okay, and we're going to look at your chart for that. Um, may I give out your birth information so people can run the chart themselves if they wish? Yes. Okay. And before I give this, of course, every time I do a listener chart on the show, it's always there as a PDF. So if you go to thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com to this show, which I believe is four ninety nine, <laughs> coming up on 500 shows, um, and you'll see near the bottom where we have the timings of everything on, on Grant's name, there will be a link right on his name. And if you click that, it'll take you to a PDF. And, and I've prepped everything. I've done natal prep and several movement system prep. So you have a nice, juicy, multi-page PDF that will cover everything we're going to talk about here. So, uh, or if you want to run his chart yourself, you can use the following birth data. And Grant, also, let me confirm that I actually have this right. Are you born February 10, 1989, 10, 11 p.m. in Houston, Texas? Yes. Okay. And does your chart have Libra rising at 16 degrees, 12 minutes? It does. And is the moon in Aries at 29 degrees, 4 minutes? Yes. All right. Awesome. That, by the way, that's standard verification I do with every client. I want to make sure I really have the right chart here. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and uh, so career and, and you want career blended with life purpose. Yes, please. So, so are you? Are you actually saying I want my life purpose to be the same as my career? I want to get paid for doing what I was born here to do. That's the dream. Yes, okay. I would love that. All right, cool. So let's address that first. It, that actually is subtly given in your chart, and uh, the way I see that is when I look at the midheaven in relation to the lunar nodes. The lunar nodes actually make minor hard aspects to the midheaven. Your midheaven, I'm just, I'll be rounding to single degrees here uh, just to keep things simpler. You've got a, a midheaven at 17 degrees. Your north node is at five Pisces. And that is making a, there's, there's three different names for this 135 degree aspect. You can call it a sesquare or a sesquiquadrate or a sesquisquare, whatever you call it. It's 135 degrees. 
And therefore, of course, the south node is making a semi-square 45 degrees to the midheaven. So when the lunar nodes are making even a minor aspect to such an important point, I think it has significance. So it's saying it may not be easy to to marry the two together initially, but it can be done with a little effort and, and enough adjustment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So that I saw as, as you know, in conformity with your wish that life purpose should be the same as career. And, and we'll be putting a lot of attention initially on the natal chart because when someone says, what's my career, that's in the natal chart. And, and later we'll mm-hmm. hopefully get onto moving systems where we'll look at how are the moving energies, you know, stimulating that at this moment. Okay. All right. So um, when I look at a career question, uh, and let me just give a, a broad view here too. Um, I believe that career is so central in most people's lives that a major concentration of astrological energy can be super important for career, even if it's not specifically indicated as career-related in a technical way. Now, you actually don't have a lot of that uh, in the chart, uh, a little bit, but not a ton. So let's let's begin with a formal career analysis. So we'll begin by looking at the midheaven or your 10th house. Uh, we see the sign Cancer at the cusp, and there are no planets in the 10th house. And let me quickly dispel uh, a misimpression some people get. I also have an empty 10th house and I work almost all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so an empty house does not mean there ain't any action there. It just means you have to dig a level deeper to understand what's going on. So, huh. I mean, just this, the presence of cancer alone tells us something. And the, the energy of cancer is about nurturing and healing and uh, uh, that kind of motherly energy, uh, nurturing, etc. So right away, it's just whatever you do for a living, there should be a nurturing element to it. Those who receive your career energy in whatever way, whether they're clients or customers or whatever, they should feel nurtured by it. And that's our super simple initial starting point. Does that right away have resonance for you, Grant? Yeah, no, most definitely. I think that's something, that's where I find purpose. That's where I feel like I'm, um, you know, adding something to the world is when I'm nurturing and, and healing for sure. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. And by the way, I actually made an assumption here and let me back up. Um, the assumption I made was that you would want me to just jump in cold without any real sense of your ideal career. Cause you didn't really say in the email what your ideal career or any thoughts about it were. Uh, there's actually two ways that I approach career as a counseling astrologer. One is what I'm doing now or have started to do. Uh, just kind of read it cold from the chart. But the other way is to have the client say, okay, what are your options? And uh, sometimes the client says, well, I'm torn between these two or three things. And then I can look into the chart and, and see which of those things appears to have more emphasis or less support. Um, I was working earlier today with a mentee. I'm, I'm doing astrology mentoring for them. And she has drawn both to be an astrologer and to be a healer. And in her case, the, the, the astrologer part was more blatantly supported. There was a little healer support, but the astrology support was much more obvious. So, um, Grant, do you want me to just do the cold approach I've started here? Or would you like to tell me the, if there's options you're considering, if you want me to kind of bring those into the mix as I go? Yeah, no, I think the cold approach works because I, I think that's one of my questions is kind of, you know, what, what, what aligns with my values? What options do I have? I'm open to anything. And that's kind of what I've been feeling. I've just been jumping from, mm. you know, the tech field to education and, you know, not exactly sure where to go. Okay. That would be most fulfilling. Okay, sweet. Okay. All right. 
So I'm going to throw in just a piece of general advice that is beyond astrology, which is if you're doing a career that's your life purpose, you'll feel lit up. You will feel natural enthusiasm and joy and vibrancy by doing it. Um, it can even get to the point where you finish your work week and Saturday morning comes and you kind of wish it was Monday because you just want to jump back into what mm. you love to do. Um, you know, I'm super fortunate that I, I'm doing my life purpose for a living. And even as I reinvent my career over the next several months, it's going to be things that bring me even more joy than what I'm doing now and, and incorporating this stuff into new, new avenues. So just a, a side note there on just a general idea about, you know, how to know you're in the right place because you, you love it and you get juiced up by it. And there's genuine enthusiasm. Okay, so we, we got as far as a cancer midheaven. And now to learn more, there, there's two approaches. One is to find aspects to the midheaven itself and also aspects to its ruling planet. So cancer is ruled by the moon. So we're going to first hit aspects to the midheaven and then we'll look at aspects to the moon and the moon itself. And that will start to fill in some information around that. So this is how to add meaning to an empty 10th house. So you do have a notable aspect pattern that does include your Midheaven Grant, and it's a Grand Cross. Uh, grand Cross is the most, um, possibly the most potent and potentially challenging aspect pattern in astrology. It is a geometrical square, and there's something at all four corners. Now yours is a, mostly a virtual Grand Cross because the, the uh, Midheaven and the Ascendant and the Descendant form three of the corners, uh, the planet series is very loosely involved, but so little that I'm not going to really probably bring it in. But the bottom is where the juice is. At the bottom, you have not only the nadir or fourth house cusp, but Saturn and Neptune are down there. And while they're not super tight, they are, they are the only planetary influences, so they bear a lot of weight. So what we're going to do is figure out how do Saturn and Neptune brought into the, if, uh, you know, the career interpretation make a difference. Okay. Let me add also, they are in the third house, Saturn and Neptune, and, and they are in Capricorn. And they're only uh, not even one and a half degrees apart. They're, they're a pretty tight conjunction. Um, so let's now Saturn doesn't really give us a lot of content around career because he's the natural ruling planet of career. Um, the things we might say broadly, it doesn't really define the career very well, but it gives us some qualities. If you're in the right career, you will naturally embody high side Saturn qualities, which are, I'm going to be mature and responsible. I'm going to plan the work and work the plan where that's appropriate, good time management, things like that. The, the classic efficiency, you know, qualities. Um, now Neptune actually contributes more interesting meaning to it. So let's explore the range of possibilities here. And notice, Grant, that I'm, I'm not saying it has to be a certain way. An absolute core principle I work with, astrology is archetypally predictive, but not concretely predictive. So I always speak in terms of possibility because there's thousands of ways that any of these things could express in terms of actual manifestation. So as, my, as, as your astrologer here, my job is to paint the energetic umbrella, and then you can pick any career within that if you want to follow these guidelines. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So for starters, Neptune has certain career things that it tends to support. Um, for starters, it's creative inspiration. And it's most, most commonly associated with the arts. You know, Neptune rules movies and theater, musicians, actors, uh, artists, you know, anyone whose career involves creating, you know, imaginative things that are not based in reality, that's Neptune. Because one of its keywords is inspired creativity. Now, you could take that literally and say, oh, I'm supposed to be in the arts, 
but I've seen many people with strong Neptune contacts to the midheaven who were not, but they had a flow. Neptune also rules flow state. Um, do you know what I'm talking about, Grant, where you just get so into what you're doing that time disappears and you're totally absorbed in the task and it's almost more like the task is doing you than the other way around? Have you been in that state sometimes? Yeah, definitely like very inspired and yep. Yeah, and that can be in anything. It could be in software engineering or teaching or any of the things you mentioned before. So one, so here we have a potential direction, which is the arts. If that doesn't fit you, then at least we know for sure that when you're in the right career, it'll be easy to go into flow state. You'll just have this ease of moving into it and, and getting into that wonderful zone. It's also called being in the zone. And athletes talk about it a lot, but you can just as easily be attained by people doing the work they're here to do. Um, now, Neptune also rules divine oneness. So one potential, you know, sometimes people with a strong Neptune become some sort of spiritual profession. They might be a spiritual teacher or, um, you know, there's lots of ways to have a spiritually based profession. And if that resonates for you, that's a possibility. It's certainly not a requirement. So the two obvious career directions Neptune suggests is one in the creative field or one in the spiritual field, but neither is required. It's a possibility. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. definitely. Now, now what? Now Saturn and Neptune as a pair have two really cool things they do, and I've seen for years um, how they partner. One is they, and this may not—I'll I'll mention it briefly because it's not really directly related to your question—but they create embodied awakening. Neptune is the awakening part, and Saturn's the embodied part. So, if in some way embodied awakening was involved in your career, that would be supported. That would probably be more along the lines if you're going in a spiritual direction. But the other one that's much more relevant in this context is law of attraction. And uh, for years, I have seen people who have strong Neptune-Saturn connections in their charts, they have a, an astonishing ability to imagine something and have it show up. So let me just stop right there and reality check that with you. Um, have there been times when you really wanted something to come into your life and you spent a lot of time fantasizing about it? Has that ever happened? Have you ever put that kind of strong intention forth? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll start like watching YouTube videos and reading and everything about the subject. And then, yeah, a few months later, it, it happens. And I've, and I've crossed some pretty crazy mountains that way. Okay. So you would say you have a pretty powerful ability to manifest what you focus on and imagine. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I think that's accurate. Okay. And, and this can work both ways. Uh, if, if someone has a signature like this and they worry a lot and their mind is constantly obsessed with negative things, they'll call that in too. So, so oh, yeah. you've had that happen too, I see. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, just be, <laughs> so when you got a strong Saturn-Neptune alignment, whether it's a conjunction, an opposition, or a square, yours is the strongest of them all, the conjunction, and it's super tight, then just be aware that your ability to, to dream into being what you're focusing on is much stronger than most people's. You know, as a shaman, I go behind the curtain, and I know this physical world, it looks solid, but it's a hologram, and it is absolutely mm -hmm. created by our thoughts. And collectively, the billions of humans all sort of dream the reality we're in into shape. But in terms of your individual life, when you put a lot of attention on what you want and you start putting that focused energy, that can manifest. So just be aware that, you know, that you're, you're good at it generally. And because they're opposing the midheaven and because one of the planets is Saturn, the natural ruler of career, there is a little extra juice available for you to bring your ideal career into manifestation. So... um. One thing I'll, I'll say as a general principle, which is kind of what I did without knowing it, 
Um, I'm going to tell a brief biographical story. I'm going to be super quick with it, though, because this is about you and not me. Um, at the age of 41, I finally got the courage to quit my corporate gig in Oklahoma and move to Asheville, North Carolina, to be a full-time singer-songwriter, which I knew at the time I was supposed to do. And um, worked really hard at it. Um, and to make a, a long story super short, eventually I failed at that. I was not able to create any real income. I got pretty good, but I couldn't make a living. But synchronistically, a bit after I moved to Asheville, I ran into a guy who was a professional astrologer. He became my best friend at that time. I had zero interest in astrology, but he sparked my interest. I became really passionate about it. And by the time I hung up my guitar, I hung up my astrology shingle and then was able to make at least a basic living with that. And then down the road, other things showed up that, uh, that broadened my career you know, uh, offerings. But the point of the story is by going enthusiastically in what turned out to be the wrong direction, but with lots of momentum, I got where I needed to be. And, and what I would say to you, Grant, is even if you're not 100% sure you're picking the right path, it is better to go gung-ho on what might be the wrong path than to stay you know, stagnant and not moving any direction. It is far easier for your divine self to guide you and synchronicity to work for you if you're in motion than if you're stagnant. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm doing lots of business coaching these days, and I see it over and over again. Just take one baby step toward your goal, even if that one baby step is all you can see. Take the step, and then from your new vista, mm -hmm. the next step will show itself. And you can you know, go the whole distance and never seeing more than one step ahead sometimes. So um, mm -hmm. I would just say for to what degree you can even begin to visualize even the broadest sense of your ideal career and then just take whatever steps seem likely or that you, you haven't got a better step and this is the most likely one, just take it. And then you can always make course adjustments later. But maintaining momentum is like super important to, to get to your goal with, with speed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's a little use of Saturn and Neptune. And I think those are the most relevant ways to interpret those for a career. So in summary, uh, maybe something in the creative arts, maybe something spiritual. Um, definitely, you want to be visualizing and holding strong intention toward, you know, what seems to you the most likely direction, even if it's vague, but just start taking baby steps and see where they go. Um, let's, let's bring in one more factor of Neptune. This is beyond the summary. Neptune is intuition and it has its own flavor. Neptune is the waterfall of intuition where you just know. And I'm curious, have, has, do you sometimes, you know, this, this part of the flow state to a degree, are there sometimes when you just know the right thing to do and it doesn't, it's not logical at all. You just know in your bones, that's the right thing I need to do right now. And it just kind of comes in on its own. Yeah, and I've got some courage to do that, it, you know, as far as just kind of like walking in a direction that might seem embarrassing or weird, and I just do it, and then all of a sudden something crazy happens, and the stars align, and yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it, and like you said, that flow state just kind of happens naturally. Yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a tiny tangent. I will be bringing in things that again, aren't strictly career-related, but if they're relevant to what's said, um, one of the tightest aspects in your entire chart is Uranus makes a sextile to your north node. The orb is less than one degree. And if y'all don't know what orb means, it's how exact is the aspect. And to have Uranus, the planet of intuitive flash, and that's Neptune and Uranus are both intuition, but Neptune's more like a waterfall always flowing, where Uranus is like the occasional lightning strike. Uranus making such a tight aspect to the nodes is saying you will be on, put on track to your life purpose by those intuitive hits. Um, mm. So Grant, have you, have you 
do you find overall that you get better outcomes when you follow those hits or when you go against them? Yeah, I'd, I'd say I definitely get better results. And I think the thing that I'm trying to overcome is sometimes the fear, right? The fear might get mm. a little bit in the way and, you know, not knowing, okay, how is this going to pan out? And I've had to really learn to trust more and to really kind of walk in that direction and, yeah. and kind of just surrender. Yeah. So, so with, with both planets of intuition, so strong Uranus really tying into the life purpose and Neptune, the other intuition guy tying into the career, it looks like intuition is a really powerful tool that I would use a lot. Okay. And by the way, I've interviewed hundreds of clients over the years and every single one has told me they get better outcomes ultimately when they follow that intuition. It's just that part of you that created you and is watching over you, trying to guide you on the optimal path when you at the ego level are not sure you know, it's always going to lead you right. I consider that information literally infallible if you got it correctly. So, um, mm-hmm. I don't have no better, no better guidance system. Okay. That's awesome. So, so that will help. So basically we already know your intuition knows the absolute perfect career for you right now. And if you do nothing more than follow intuitive flashes, it'll get you there. <laughs> so, um, so let's see if there's any other juicy midheaven aspects. Um, uh, let's see. Ooh, interesting ones. Um, so let's take some other hints. We've got a loose sextile from Jupiter to, I'm sorry, my bad. I got the wrong planet. Mars is loosely sextile the midheaven. Um, that carries an energy of entrepreneurship. Often when Mars is, is associated with career, there's a, I do it my way kind of thing. So I, I more often than not, when there's a strong Mars energy or a strong Aries energy, it's that person needs to be an entrepreneur. If not, then then they need to be given maximum freedom within their job. Even if they work for someone else, the idea is, yeah, tell me what to do, but don't tell me how to do it. I like to be independent, at least <laughs> to that degree, okay? So that's a subtle aspect, but worth bringing in. Um, let's then look at, we got Saturn, we got Neptune, Pluto. Hmm. Okay, Pluto is trine your midheaven, and the, the orb is about two degrees. So Pluto offers wealth and power. So wealth and Pluto, you've even got Pluto in Scorpio, which is its, you know, home sign, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Trying means easy, automatic connection. So it's suggesting that if you do find the right career, you could make a ton of money. <laughs> cool, cool. I'll uh, take it. <laughs> yeah. So Pluto's Mr. Wealth. So, um, so if you, if that, now it doesn't require that. Um, and, and let me now define wealth. Um, wealth in my experience is anything you value. So some people having free time is more important than having money and free time is their wealth. So you get to decide what's my wealth, what actually makes my life awesome, whether that wealth is tangible or intangible, and you just go for that wealth. It could be money or it could be anything you value instead of or in addition to that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And Pluto is also power. So this, you know, the, the Mars sextile a tiny bit, but the Pluto trine is starting to suggest to me, um, you might do well if the job you're in, you're the boss or in a strong leadership position. I'm sensing you would, you have a lot of power to share. Pluto's even in your first house, although late in the house, and that kind of brings some of that there too. So I would say something where you have some kind of leadership potential or, or have a significant amount of control over what you're doing. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And then we've got, I've got a few asteroid goddesses. I'm only going to bring in the ones that really feel relevant. That to me is all of the most important midheaven aspects. So, um, any questions I would have said so far? Um, I don't think so. No. 
Okay, all right. So let's move on now. So we've covered the Midheaven and its aspects. Our next step is the Midheaven ruler, the moon. Okay, so the moon is there at 29 degrees, 4 minutes, Aries. So let's start, okay, Aries. Oh, okay. So we, we want to be mindful of repeating themes. In the astrology alphabet, mm-hmm. there, there's always three ways to get to one of our 12 archetypes. There's a planet, a sign, and a house. So the moon's in Aries, and we saw that Mars had a little midheaven aspect. So that's that, that energy of the, the entrepreneur, the warrior, the pioneer twice. Okay, so we're noting a, a repetition of theme. Um, the moon is also, it. I mean, the moon itself could give a sense of what might be a good career. It's uh, The Aries themes are warrior, pioneer, entrepreneur, sexual being, um, the one who just does it. There's a, a strong assertiveness factor there. Um, so maybe a little bit of pioneering energy. So if any of that's relevant in your, in your chosen field, then those are themes that are available from Aries. The moon's also in your seventh house, and that's the house of key relationships. So that's a pretty clear message to me that your job will somehow involve relationship. The seventh house is more about one-on-one connections. So that could be you with clients. It could potentially be the business you're in. You have a partner, and you spend a lot of time interacting with that partner, perhaps, or that partner is somehow essential to the business. So it's either you're with someone else or you have a lot of interaction one-on-one with people, whether they're clients or customers. So that's, that's, a, that's a possibility as well. So any questions so far? No, I don't think so. Okay, cool. Now, you mentioned that you had been a teacher, or maybe are, I don't know. But um, this, w- the strongest aspect the moon makes is a square to Mercury. So uh, Mercury mm-hmm. is about communication, and Mercury is the teacher, and, and, and classically, Mercury is associated with K through 12 teaching. You know, Jupiter takes over at the college level and up. But any kind of teaching is, is broadly supported by Mercury's presence. Um, Mercury is also, and that's a form of communication, Mercury is also associated with salesmanship. You know, he's the, in, in ancient uh, Rome, there was a statue of Mercury in the commercial areas because he was the god of commerce, all right? So it could be that... Um, you might be in marketing or sales of some kind. Uh, it could even be, I've seen people with strong Mercuries who were computer programmers, but it's all about working with information. So since it's the single strongest aspect that the Midheaven Ruler makes, you know, something involving communicating sounds like it might be juicy. Um, any questions on that? Uh, does it rule writing? Totally, yeah. Okay. So writing would be um, completely supported if that's the direction you wanted to go. And Mercury is even in the fourth house, so that's, it's suggesting that perhaps part of the work could be done from home. Okay, I don't want to read too much awesome. too much house placement into a planet that's simply aspect in the midheaven ruler, not ruling it, but there's a, a tiny touch of that there, okay? Right. Okay, so the moon has way less aspects than the, the midheaven itself, so let's just see if we get any additional clues. The moon is, is sextile Chiron, about a three-degree orb. Chiron is the mentor. There's that information theme again. Chiron's also the healer. So one potential there is maybe what you, again, here's a repetition of theme loosely. We said that one of the cancer midheaven themes was nurturing, Chiron's healing, a little bit of repetition there. Um, Uranus is trying the moon. And um, so now Uranus actually comes into actual contact with a midheaven theme. So both Uranus and Neptune are in the game there, both intuition planets. Uranus is saying, maybe what you're doing will be a little outside the box and unusual, okay? 
Um, mm-hmm. So if you're called to an unconventional career, the smooth connection, trying from Uranus supports that. At the very least, it says um, you'll get both flavors of intuition. Neptune provides that waterfall of constant energy and information. Uranus will pop down little hits you need when you need them. And so you could use Uranus as unconventionality, something distinctive and unique, or just I'm getting intuitive flashes supporting me. Uranus also has a broader meaning at its highest level, which is serving others with your talents you most love to use. So if, if that, that, that introduces a little bit of a public service element to the profession, you're, you're not just lining your own pockets, but somehow maybe making the world a better place somehow with what you do. It's a subtle message, but a little bit there. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. So let's see what else the moon's up to. Oh, moon even aspects Vesta. Again, that's Sesquare again, 135. And Vesta is the planet of selfless sacred service. So that theme's there a bit. So either the, the work itself might promote that or you might uh, donate some proceeds or whatever. Um, now, let me see. Sextile to Pallas Athena. Now we're getting into asteroid goddesses some more. Uh, that's the goddess. Um, in your context, I think her qualities of strategy and negotiation are probably prominent. So maybe there's some element of that in the job. Uh, there's a trine to Juno, which is the planet of committed partnership. And that brings back twice now the theme of in relationship, either with clients or customers or your partner in business. And that's pretty much all the moon aspects. So any questions so far? No, sounds great. Thank you. Now, now what I realized when I studied your chart before we did the recording is, um, there's not a super obvious career direction here. And even your chart itself is what's called a splay chart. You've got planets all around the circle. <laughs> and and yeah. there's a strong sense here of variety in the lifetime. Um, so, so I'm not sure there's any one thing you're just supposed to. I've seen other people's charts where you know, a, a career direction was blatantly and obviously supported like Gemini in heaven with Mercury in the 10th house, you know, obviously writing communication is that person's <laughs> gig, but you don't have any such obvious indicators. Your charts are very subtle around career. Um, so um, there's no obvious candidate for, you know, the one thing you should be doing. So that's why the best I can do here is, is to give a broad sense of the archetypal fields. And from there you can piece together something that feels like it would be relevant. Now there is, um, I'll just mention, there is another aspect pattern around the midheaven. I have already hit all the planets involved, but it is called a mystic rectangle. And a mystic rectangle is two trines and two sextiles. That's 220 degree aspects and 260 degrees. And the corners are the midheaven at the top. Lower left is Pluto. Bottom is Saturn and Neptune and the nadir. And the other corner toward the right is Mars. And we've covered all those planets individually already. But I will say that the mystic rectangle does have a sense of good fortune to it, a sense of flow and good luck. So it suggests that when you're in your ideal career, there will be a tremendous amount of flowing support from those planets. So I just wanted to mention that as an aside. Mm, Thank you. Um, Now, therefore, I'm just looking for any other themes or clues Again, this is one of the subtlest things I've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> um, the only other thing that feels like it might be, well, I, I, I'm going to go to one aspect pattern, and then I'm going to address the, the, some key pointers of the chart itself and see if that adds a little extra light. Okay. Now, none of this is specifically career supported. Uh, in other words, the, the points and planets I'm about to name are not obviously indicated 
formally to career. But since we have sort of a vague picture, let's see if we can get any juice elsewhere. Um, you have a T-square with Pluto opposing Mars, and they both square Venus. Um, and the broad sense, when I think of career potential, I think of, wow, this might be like some kind of therapy because Venus and Mars are relationship. Pluto is the therapist, the, you know, the one who takes people through powerful transformative processes. Uh, that's one way that that T-square could play. It also could be creative with Venus as artist and Pluto on Mars giving a lot of intense power to the creative thing. That's the, this is not just art to be pretty. This is art that's transformative and, and moves people and, and even changes them in some way. Um, it's also another indicator that money might be very much not just Pluto trying midheaven, but Venus is the natural ruler of money. Pluto square Venus augmented by the power of Mars could be another wealth potential in the chart. Um, the last, let me see. I always, sometimes I say last and it may not be last. Um, and I'm going to bring out one more chart theme that, uh, and I'll probably close the formal career analysis with this. Um, you have two planets in Aquarius. The, the sun, of course, is an Aquarius, and so is Venus, who is your chart ruler with Libra rising. So this is, this is uh, the sun and the chart ruler both in that sign is a very powerful message, in my opinion. It's saying you're not here to be conventional, you know, in any area mm -hmm. of life, uh, including career. So just know that if you're trying to shoehorn yourself into a mainstream profession, when your soul really needs you to go outside the box, then those two Aquarian planets are, are calling you outside the box. So it, it kind of gives you a thumbs up on something. If you're drawn to something that's weird, outside the box, unconventional, please consider it. Because your Aquarian nature is not going to be happy for long staying within a confined, you know, hyper-limited traditional career structure. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. So uh, um, I'm doing my best here, but my concern is that I'm being too vague to be helpful. Is this is this information actually helpful for you, or is anything good coming? No, absolutely. It's it's really helpful. I, I think I've I found that I am, you know, I've, I've tried all these different, um, you know, what the societal norms are, right. You know, go, go to college, get a degree, mm -hmm. try this job, try this profession. Um, and I always hated when they asked you as a kid, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I didn't want to be a dentist for my whole life, you know, and <laughs> excuse me. Um, and, and I'm finding more and more that, like you said, that, that dreaming ability to be able to, you know, dream something into existence. Mm -hmm. has always been strong and I've always kind of found that, yeah, I, I wanted to make, you know, changes and, you know, kind of change how we see certain things in society and never knew how to do that. But I'm seeing that the life path and that career, those desires to, you know, transform how we see certain aspects can marry with the career. And I never really considered that before. Oh, cool. Excellent. Okay. So it's, yeah. uh, you, you, you just hinted to me that you actually have a vision you feel a calling to somehow make the world a better place. Did I hear you correctly? Yeah. Okay. Could you just briefly, yeah. like elevator speech, give me a sense of what that vision is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, I, I'm i LGBT or gay, and I, I grew up always kind of seeing on TV, you know, uh, representations of gay men, you know, uh, doing hair or, you know, decorating or, you know, all these kind of stereotypes. And I always thought that, there was something deeper that there was a spiritual meaning towards this calling in life, you know, something that I was born, they were born with. And, 
you know, I think that there, you know, we are able to go between both the male and the female and kind of marry those two worlds and, you know, kind of see beyond what the normal society sees of that. So I, I considered creating a kind of a gay spirit collective to kind of, you know, allow people to see the spiritual side of LGBT people mm-hmm. okay. um, and, and kind of what our traditional roles in, in different cultures around the world are. Hmm. Way cool. Okay. So um, that sounds like it's an educational mission. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, w- could you imagine actually making a living from doing this? Yeah, I think so. If, if, you know, bringing people together, you know, bringing stories and, and books and, you know, creating a platform to, you know, to bring people together who, who can, you know, raise um, consciousness in that area. Hmm. Cool. All right. So um, do you know of anyone who has managed to make a living out of doing the kind of thing you're thinking about or spreading a good message about LGBT or anything like that? Um. I kind of see, you know, there's those big conferences they put on, um, you know, not necessarily re- in related to that, but, you know, having speakers come and, and you know, being able to, um, you know, organize these forums for people to get together and, and, and speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have seen some people be able to do that, I guess. And that's kind of the closest thing I can imagine at the moment. Okay. Um, one idea that's coming to me because I, maybe because I'm about to do it in two areas myself is, um, have you thought about creating an online membership where for a, maybe a reasonable monthly fee, LGBT people could come in, they could have their virtual community. You could be posting educational content, um, et cetera. Would, could you, I mean, if you got it, just a few members that could, that could create a, a like a recurring income. Does that idea yeah, no. sound like it might have resonance? Yeah. That, I mean, I think that's a great idea. And, and, yeah, and, and that mentorship ability too. Um, you know, I think the suicidal rates of, of young LGBT people are, are so high and, and being able to, you know, go in and mentor people um, and create that community, you know, and with the online membership to where they, we can spread the education. Yeah, that's great, Benjamin. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, it's up to you whether you want to let some people in for free or, you know, you can structure any way you want. Um, if you were setting up a model like that, you would want to have, you'd probably want to promote it with content, for example, I can imagine you putting up blog posts, having a site, or maybe putting stuff on Facebook or other places, but ideally having your own site, which is the prime source for the content, and then you know also put the stuff out in social media where you're t- writing about this topic. Have you have you done any public writing on this topic? Um, not public yet, nope. Okay, so just, are, you, are you still in the closet or have you come out openly gay to everyone? Oh yeah, no, I'm out. Okay, good. So there's no... So you'd be comfortable writing about gay topics and publicly identifying to the world as a gay man in the writings? Yeah, Or absolutely. I'm sorry, I keep saying gay, maybe LGBT, if, if that's what I should be saying. Then Same, please. no, no worries, either okay. one. Yeah. I, want to be, I want to be appropriate here. So, I mean, <laughs> as we saw, Mercury is, is strongly lit up in your chart. It squares the, the, the ruler. So um, that, that fits some of the criteria. So, um, and of course, if you had a book in you, then writing a book on the topic mm-hmm. would be not only potentially profitable, but a, there's no better credibility builder for becoming an authority than having a book, even if no one reads it. Once you're an author, it's like all of a sudden, oh my God, he knows what he's talking about, you know, whether yeah. you do or not, but that's what people perceive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that, that could be interesting. Um, so, so of all the things you've ever considered for a career, um, 
the idea of being, you know, making a living by giving content about, you know, the gay lifestyle, the way you're seeing it out of the stereotypes and into the reality, helping gay people or LGBT people um, have a good experience of themselves, have better self-esteem. Is that kind of life mission feeling good to you? Yeah, absolutely. And I like that transformative aspect of, you know, helping people find their self-worth and, and finding their position and their and the values that, you know, we have as LGBT people, um, you know, to be the mediators and, and healers of society. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you seeing yourself in addition, could you imagine yourself being in some kind of therapeutic role where in addition to your more public education, you're also working maybe one-on-one with people or in small groups and, and acting in a, a therapy giving role? Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any any professional training or experience with that? Um, no training, but I have seen many a therapist in my life, and it's, <laughs> yeah. So if you consider that that training. Okay. Well, there's, you know, you don't necessarily have to go to psychology school. There's lots of alternative mm-hmm. therapeutic modalities that can be trained up fairly quickly. So, um, you know, I'm looking now at that Chiron Midheaven sextile, Chiron, the, the wounded healer, the mentor and healer energy, the cancer energy itself, you know, nurturing healing. So, so what we're describing fits the archetypes as well as anything else I can imagine. <laughs> right, right. So again, the chart doesn't have one screaming emphasis, but in my opinion, the the topic we're discussing is definitely supported, you know, by the archetypes. Um, now again, it may be that as you develop, there's so much flexibility in the chart, you may do other things in addition to or instead of down the road, what we're talking about. But um, mm-hmm. my feeling is if nothing else, you just kind of, got the ball rolling in this direction and, and put a lot of momentum and energy behind it, give it everything you've got really. And then you'll either stay on that track and move fully into it, or your higher self will use that momentum to kind of tweak you off to the other thing you're really supposed to be doing. But you know, one way to find out is to gung ho, go after this vision and, and baby step it as quickly as you can and see where it takes you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Now, um, I want to mention a little bit about your modes and elements because these are actually pretty important in the mix here. Um, do you know, well, I'll, I'll, I'll assume our, not all the listeners know, but if you divide reality into three parts, you get the, the astrological modalities, cardinal, fixed, and mutable. Uh, cardinal initiates, fixed, maintains, and mutable releases or adjusts. And you are overwhelmingly cardinal. You're really good at starting. You, your, your cardinal score is 14. You're also above average in terms of maintaining. Your fixed score is nine. Your mutability is like zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're strong one place, you're going to be weak somewhere else. So, so in terms of starting it and keeping it going, you don't need much help there. But you might need help adapting. So let me, let me again, I always like to reality check what I've seen. Do you find that sometimes you stick in the same course longer than you should have? And you can see you, you should have shifted course earlier than you ultimately did. Yeah, okay. I can definitely be headstrong okay, in good. that. All right, so I suggest you get at least one trusted advisor whose job is to make you more mutable. And and their <laughs> job is to let you know, okay, uh, Grant, I think maybe it's time for a course shift or an adjustment here, and you're just bullying ahead on your, your original plan. Maybe we need to zig and zag a little bit here. So since your own mutability is so low, like a technical score of zero, um, bring on someone. Maybe that's that partnership thing we're seeing, someone who helps you adjust and even yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing this is right, but but tell me if so. 
Are there sometimes when you can even see that it's time to make an adjustment and you still have trouble doing it and you still stay the course a while longer? Yeah, I've made a lot of decisions out of pain before and I don't want to do that anymore. Okay. So, so, so you are saying, yes, you have stayed course longer than you should have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The low mutability, it's hard to self adjust a low modality score. So that means you need help from another human. So, so find someone who can help you be more adjustable, flexible, mutable, and that will help you in all areas of life. Okay. So that would be a, a description there. Um, the elements are kind of skewed, but they're not feeling essential to our discussion. So I'm going to let those go. I'm now going to shift into your transits and, uh, for your, since did I ever, I didn't ever share my screen with you. Did I grant? Uh, no, not, not yet. Uh, but yeah, here it is. Um, so my apologies for not doing that, but then again, our listeners aren't uh, seeing it either. So I guess that's fair, <laughs> no worries, but, no I, worries. but I just brought up your bi and the listeners can, of course, see this on the PDF. That's at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com for episode, I believe it's 499, the one for August 1, 2019, anyway. The most powerful transit you're having right now, and I, I only restricted myself to business-related transits. Um, that's why my I have far fewer transits scrawled on the page than I normally do. Neptune is trying your midheaven. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, real quick, Benjamin, um, uh-huh. on the top left, the name... Oh, okay. So you, you caught a good error. I was actually on the wrong chart. <laughs> so I'm looking at the correct PDF, but I need to actually pull up your chart here. So um, No worries. Okay. And by the way, I'm not going to be sharing the video with the listeners. Um, um, okay. Probably because it has your actual last name on there, which we're, not, which we're not revealing. So, But I want you to be able to see it. So listeners, pardon my little uh, work here. Yeah, that looks better. Okay. So... Um, Neptune is trying your midheaven and it's, it's, uh, it's really in midstream now. So your midheaven is 17 cancer. Neptune, as we speak here on July 29, 2019 is at 18. So that means Neptune has to clear 20 and not come back to leave the power zone. So I'm going to move ahead and see when that happens. Just a minute. All right. So I'm going to go, I always overshoot and come back. So Neptune mm-hmm. continues trying your midheaven until about, February of 2021. So you've got a little over just about a year and a half left of Neptune trying Midheaven. So what does that mean? Neptune rules, well, for starters, um, what Neptune does on its own is since, since I perceive all transits working first and foremost for your higher self, I see you have a cat. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. That's wonderful. So, um, <laughs> The what the transits do is f- they operate for the higher self's perspective, and whatever is in alignment with soul purpose gets reinforced and strengthened, and whatever is not gets challenged. Okay. And each transiting planet has its own style of doing that. Neptune will be dissolving what does not serve you as Neptune trines midheaven for the next year and a half, roughly. And it's it's been doing this for over two and two years already, by the way. So whatever mm. kind of career doesn't serve you, you'll feel it'll dissolve away or you'll feel apathetic toward it or you know just no energy, it's listless, not interesting to you. So if that's happening in your current career, that's your higher self saying, okay, Grant, that doesn't serve you, at least in its current form. It's saying you need to do something different or you need to make a transformation so it does become juicy again, okay? Okay. Um, now, in terms of how you can use Neptune from your ego, as we said earlier, when discussing the Neptune-Saturn conjunction, 
that's uh, Neptune is visualization and imagination. It's part of law of attraction. So this is a perfect time for you to be really holding strong vision about the ideal career you want. Okay. And if it's the vision okay. of, of being an educator or having a membership group and supporting LGBT people to, uh, to feel better about themselves and getting past the stereotypes, then that could be the vision you hold. And if, if that's the juiciest vision you've got, then hold it unless a better, more juicy vision turns up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. So that would be real simply how to use Neptune that way. Now, Pluto has been opposing your midheaven for quite a while and is near the end of his run. Now, that means he's been conjoining the nadir. So on a separate topic, I'm guessing the last three, four years, you've had tons of shadow work, lots of emotional stuff getting stirred up and wanting to be cleared. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Pluto on the nadir is pretty strong. Okay. So that's not our topic, but I couldn't help but mention that. So now Pluto is uh, actually... Technically, Pluto's already out of the power zone of the Midheaven opposition as he comes back and goes directing and he's a little beyond three degrees there. So Pluto's done. So what he's been doing for roughly the last four years is opposing the Midheaven and destroying or calling for transformation all that does not serve you in career. So so you, you started with Pluto opposing the Midheaven. That was, are you doing the same thing you were doing about four years ago for career? No, completely different. Okay, so that the old thing got torn down. So Pluto said, your higher self doesn't like that. Let's do something different. <laughs> yeah, and, and we can then, get a standing ovation for that. <laughs> yeah, and, and Neptune joined in partway through, about halfway through Pluto's four years, and he came to the party trining the Midheaven. So they were double teaming the Midheaven. Okay, huh. and, and now it's just Neptune left for the next year and a half. So again, as I said, you know, Pluto's done his job, took out what didn't serve you. Um, now, by the way, if what you were doing had been aligned with soul purpose, Pluto would have given you wealth and power. You would have been, okay. you know, at the top of your game in your field had it been the right one. But since it wasn't, mm-hmm. Pluto had a oh, wrong thing. I can't give you wealth and power here. It doesn't serve your soul purpose. Take it down. Let's get you loosened up from that so you can get into the proper thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So Neptune, we covered that. We covered Pluto. Um, another thing that's also near the end uh, is Uranus on the moon. Wow. The mm. other outer planet on the Midheaven ruler. That's like amazing. Okay. So I can mm-hmm. see why you were called to write me because, you know, all three outer planets, you know, one just finished, but the other two are still very much in the game of, you know, getting your, your career aligned properly. So let's see how far Uranus is coming back. Oh, looks like he's done too. So I'm sorry, but Uranus has just finished that conjunction to the moon. I mean, he's, he's stationing within about three and a half degrees. I'm not saying there's no effect, but his main work is done. Okay, so Uranus on the moon once again was to create chaos and instability in a career that didn't serve you, and to to if you were in the right career to bring in intuitive flashes of inspiration. So two out of three are done. Um, so that means there's going to be a lot less tumult in the career field. Um, it looks like the the main players here were Uranus on the moon and Pluto opposing the midheaven, both designed to create revolutionary transformation so that if you're in the non-optimal career for sole purpose, that got disrupted. It looks like it did. So now you've got Neptune left to to give you that sense of flow state when you're in the right thing and to keep giving you intuitive clarity on what the right thing is. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Um now you've got you've got some help by by moving uh, 
Now, every planet I've talked about so far is what I call a stage setter in my way of thinking. Uh, the three outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, as well as Chiron, act as stage setters because they're typically, you know, impacting a given natal point for anywhere from two to four years when they're in their power zone, three degrees either side by aspect. Everyone else more or less acts as a trigger. Even Saturn and Jupiter are mainly trigger planets more than stage setters acting independently. And they show the timing. The reason I mention this is because you've got a, some juice left, even though Neptune's the only outer planet still in power zone. Uh, let me see how far back Saturn is coming. Let me, uh, let me come back to today on my moving guy. So Saturn has already conjoined, well, let me just speak in terms of midheaven. He's actually on your fourth house cusp, but he's opposing the midheaven. He's done that twice already, and he will make a final opposition. Let's see. That'll be November of 2019. So Saturn, you know, again, the stern taskmaster, you know, bringing challenge if the career is not optimal and bringing support and stronger foundations if you're doing the thing that your higher self wants you to do. So just know that he's there helping you build structure if you're moving in the right direction. So here's, there's another guy who's giving you some tighter timing on all this. And then Jupiter will oppose your midheaven as it passes over the nadir. And that'll be February of 2020, just a few months away. I'm just checking how many, and that's a triple. That's beautiful. So Jupiter will fly by the the opposition to the midheaven through February 2020. It will back up and station really close to your fourth house cusp, opposing the midheaven again. So we're talking pretty much August, September. He's stationing right on that degree number and finally moves along all through October. So those three months, um, August, September, October, Jupiter is slowing and stationing and then moving back again opposite the midheaven. And that's a really fabulous time to be putting a lot of energy into that. If you're in the right profession, Jupiter will be giving you luck and expansion during that time. Okay. Or, if, or if you're not, he'll just make bigger whatever the problem is. <laughs> ah, gotcha. In a sense, you're lucky either way, either to be told where you're out of alignment or to be given support where you are aligned. So just know that that, okay. that 2020 in the late summer, early fall, is uh, Jupiter will be helping you out with career there too. Okay. Um, and the midheaven, you're looking at that, that's midheaven, is that life path? Midheaven is your external life path. Um, okay. The lunar nodes is your soul path. And, oh, gotcha. uh, and, and I'll, if I can, I'll speak briefly to your lunar nodes, just independently in the natal chart. Uh, you have the south node in Virgo and the north node in Pisces. And to be super concise with that, what your natural gift is, is Virgo, which is I'm really good with details. I can work out a big plan. I can, you know, be excellent dotting the I's and crossing the T's. I have this natural desire to serve. Is all that resonant for you? Yes. Okay. But it's a very egoically structured approach when it's taken literally. The North Node in Pisces is offering you to relax out of that and just go with the flow and just operate mm -hmm. more from intuition, less and less even needing any kind of plan, but just knowing that in each moment, the divine knowing is there and you can then be guided much more through in the moment inner guidance without even having to make an intellectual plan. Um, does that make okay. any sense at all? Yeah. Okay. Do you, I'm and typically are those opposites. Like, you know, we need to go from say like the perfectionism of Virgo to letting go of Pisces. And those two things are, 
pretty opposite? Well, they're, I, I call them complementary opposites. Um, they, okay. they can still blend. And, and in my opinion, you don't abandon your south node. You integrate it. Because Virgo mm. still has helpful things. That desire to serve is great. Where crafting and perfection is helpful, then you want to keep that Virgo energy with you and available. Um, I think the main message of this nodal direction is to lead with your intuition and then refine from the ego instead of the other way around. Huh. So I like it, that. Does that make any sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. So that's that's kind of the idea. And um, okay. the eleventh to fifth house, the the south nodes in the eleventh, the north nodes in the fifth. Um, those that to me is a balancing of um, not just being swept along by the applause of the crowd, um, but you know being willing to follow your own individual vision and and finding. It's basically saying it's not so much about trying to please everyone, but, you know, serving your niche and, and stepping mm-hmm. into the spotlight, the performer in the spotlight, the leader, which is the North Node in the 5th, and the South Node in the 11th, which is crowds or groups of people, not being excessively swayed by what the crowd thinks you should do, which is like general public opinion or the, the masses. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's calling you to a more distinct and unique expression of yourself that really aligns with your inner guidance. And the more authentic you can be to that inner knowing and not so worry about, you know, of some people who may not understand or appreciate it. That's kind of what that's about. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And again, I could go way deep on the whole nodal thing, but that's not our main focus here. Um, In terms of timing, uh, we've gone a little while here and we are now nearing the end of this for you wonderful patient listeners who've stayed with us this far. Um. There's some pretty potent support for the whole writer and communicator thing right now. So we saw the natal potentials. The It's actually the progressed, the secondary progressed chart that to me is giving a clear message about certain things. Okay. So I want to bring the chart back to today. And I'm noting that the progressed moon, the, and, and, Secondary progressions are transits slowed down a year for a day. However far a transiting planet moves in a day, it's equivalent by secondary progression takes a year to go that far. So these guys creep like snails. They don't so much show up as external events as shifts of internal orientation. So what I'm seeing is your progressed moon, currently a 13 Gemini, uh, for starters, is in Gemini. And that's learning and teaching. And it's only about three and a half months out of entering the ninth house, which is the house of the professor, the philosopher, and the guru. Okay, So it looks like the mood of the soul is already oriented toward communicating, and in about three and a half months, it's going to get into the house of like higher wisdom, which to me is totally resonant with your idea of, of helping LGBT people feel better about themselves and communicating that empowering message to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And as if that wasn't enough... Um, progress Mercury is about to land on your lunar node. That's like major. So that's the planet of communication and learning about to hit the point of life purpose. And the timing of that is, let me just move him along and see when he actually lines up on that. Hang on a sec. That's going to be, get this correct. That's going to be October of 2019, just three months from this recording date. So that's a super clear indication that in whatever way your life purpose is supported by communicating information out, fabulous time to do it. It's also in your fifth house of the leader or the performer in the spotlight. 
Um, pretty, mm. pretty supportive of the whole communicator uh, paradigm, if you ask me. Okay. Not only that, um, you have two planets who have relatively recently entered Gemini. I mentioned your your moon was already halfway through Gemini by progression. Progress Mars is only a degree and a half into the sign, and he's been there for a little while. So just in case you're interested in when, he came in there. Hang on. Mars popped in. It's been a while, but he popped in uh, in the spring of 2017. And Jupiter mm. was right there with him. Jupiter crossed in in January of 2017. So, wow, one-two punch. Jupiter hits Gemini by progression. The first time it's ever changed signs and the last time it'll ever change signs in your lifetime. I mean, here you are, oh, wow. born in, in 16, in, me, born in 89, and it took Jupiter all that time to move about three degrees and come into Gemini. <laughs> Jupiter progresses. I normally don't even pay attention to Jupiter progressing because he's so slow, but in this case, that's significant. And then Mars came into Gemini by progression. That was, you know, like March, April of 2017. So this, I'm just curious. Um, did you feel a, a shift in early 2017 toward this kind of communication idea we talked about? Uh, yeah, definitely. I I, um, I went through some tough times, and I, you know, right around that period, uh, made a lot of transformation and change, and kind of saw kind of that wounded healer kind of phoenix of the ashes at that point things were my whole life was different and i definitely decided that you know one of the most powerful things and what would make sense of all the pain and struggle i've been through was to tell my story wow okay so the storyteller i mean it i, I can't tell you how rare that is for two planets that progress that slowly to come into a sign that close together that's to me is like major mm -hmm. message so um that and now Mercury hitting the North Node, I think you've been getting set up for the communicator thing personally. <laughs> it's, hmm. it's like pretty, awesome. pretty clear to me. Okay, cool. So here's, here's my summary. Um, the natal chart itself has many broad possibilities, and that's why initially it looked kind of vague and uncertain. But uh, once we got a sense of the transiting planets kind of clearing the decks of what you had been doing, and, and, and this to me is, is a testament to the power of secondary progressions. You know, the theme they're giving is so clear, communicator, teacher. Now, and that, that could look a thousand different ways. It's just communicating information in whatever way you do it. But the, the clarity of it's time to be the, the, the communicator could not be more clear to me by the, by the progressing system. Mm. So um, that's, that's, my, uh, that's my story. Um, any questions on any of this? No, I don't think so. Um, and the Saturn return is when, so my Saturn's in Capricorn. Um, is huh? that done when Saturn is out of Capricorn or when it just passes the exact point of my return? Well, uh, the way I view it, technically, the, the main energy of the Saturn return completes when he leaves that three-degree window. And okay. I will, I'll go back and right now, your, your natal Saturn is 10 Capricorn and transiting Saturn left that area in January of 2019. So energetically, okay. the Saturn return ended in the first month of this year, 2019. Woo! Yeah. Now, again, to be fair, <laughs> he then went on to, to make a conjunction opposition or square to all four angles. 
<laughs> which is no small thing either. You could feel that even more powerfully than the Saturn return itself. So he's he's in the game. But, you know, in my experience, you know, people make a big deal out of Saturn, but but your real story was Pluto up until that time. Pluto uh, on the nadir and, and you know, affecting the angles was very much the story prior to that. So, again, gotcha. in my system, Saturn isn't even a stage setter. He's just a trigger, you know. Huh. So um, I, I, I always lead with the outer planets. The gods of change are the ones who really shake up a lifetime. Saturn can have some impact, but it's, it's small compared to what the outer planets do in my experience. Okay. So he's important. Thank you. That, yeah. That's really good insight. Yeah. But a Saturn return is, especially your first one like this, is a good time to, you know, just get serious about what you're here to do. You know, it's a time to mm-hmm. give up childish dreams that are clearly not going to happen in this lifetime, but, but nurture the adult dreams that you can actually make real is the, the key distinction I bring to that. And because Saturn, as I said, it, you know, it brings challenge in the areas where you're not yet aligned with soul purpose, but in the areas where you are aligned, he says, yay, high five, brother. Here's more structure and organization and, and a better system to do that with. So he totally supports what's in alignment. He only challenges what's not in your, your sink yet. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, Saturn's one of my favorite natal planets. He and I get along great. <laughs> so, yeah. So Saturn can be a yeah, very cool, it, yeah. Well, and it could have been said, like, Pluto comes in, maybe tears down things, and Saturn then rebuilds? He rebuilds what serves you, yeah. Okay. But if you gotcha. try to build another faulty structure, he won't He won't tolerate that. He'll, he'll, he'll destructure that, too. Okay? okay? So, again, as obviously my entire consultation philosophy is that we're trying to align with higher purpose and and yeah. the the job is not just for the human part to have its will but to come into alignment with the reason the human was born in the first place and that obviously colors my interpretation mm-hmm. now you can go ahead and just go for the ego and go for what you personally want but inevitably the planets will bring challenge and difficulty if you're trying to move in a direction that is not aligned with the reason you were born so gotcha. I, I find it's easier just to align in the first place and it's a whole lot smoother. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, any, any other, uh, follow-up questions before we wrap it up? No, that I thank you so much. I mean, that gave so much uh, insight into the, my, you know, my values and archetypes and kind of what, what my path is and just really some validation. So I, I mean, I'm so humbled and, and blessed and thank you. Oh, my pleasure. It's an honor to work with you, Grant. And I think you've got a lot of really great, contribution to make to the world and I, I sincerely hope you step up and do it awesome thank you my pleasure so thanks again for working with me and being on this week in astrology are you having challenges in your relationship needing more clarity around career wanting to get on track with your soul purpose but not sure what it is you're in luck an astrology plus session with me can give you the soul level wisdom you need to get back on track with your relationship career and soul purpose I can also give you insights into optimal timing, spirituality, relocation, and much more. After more than 8,000 sessions and 14 years of professional practice, I've developed the expertise to help you with just about anything, and we're not limited to astrology. Your session could also include awakening activation, shamanic healing, and more at no extra charge. If you need ongoing support to master your challenges, consider astro-shamanic life coaching, My unique combination of modalities can help you move from pain to joy in any part of your life faster than you might have thought possible. My sessions are equally effective long distance or in person, and I'll include an MP3 of your session at no extra charge. To learn more, visit astroshaman.com. 
I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. As we close the show, a couple of quick reminders. If you're at all interested in that online astrology mentoring membership I mentioned, again, pop me an email, info at astroshama.com, and just put astrology mentoring in the subject line or mentoring group or something like that. I'll know what you're talking about. And also, if you're interested in that uh, telesummit I'm part of, then uh, all that information on both those items is on the homepage of astroshaman.com. Just scroll down to the fourth panel of the homepage, and you'll see the blog posts for both items. This Week in Astrology is honored to be chosen by Feedspot as one of the Internet's top 10 astrology podcasts. Check out our website, where you can hear the show and subscribe to podcast updates. You can also do a single sign-up for two great opportunities— chances to win a free consultation, and have your chart interpreted on the show. You can also donate to support us. Go to thisweekinastrology.com. From there, you'll be automatically redirected to the This Week in Astrology area of astroshaman.com. Thanks so much for listening. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2018 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every month. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's the index. Our introduction comes at 1 minute 59 seconds, August 2nd, 249, the 7th, 305, the 8th, 336, the 9th, 408, the 10th, 439, the 11th, 511, the 14th, 745, the 15th, 921. Next shows highlights, 1329, announcements, 1557, and our interactive listener chart comes at 2052. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.